in Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review. For the week ending April the 8th, a recent survey conducted for Lando Lakes indicated a very low interest in college grads pursuing a career in agriculture. But according to Eric Spell, agcareers.com president, they're seeing a bit different trend, noting a 33% increase in the number of visits to their website in the last year. There's been a growth in all-time high enrollments at the colleges of ag, so I do struggle a bit with a decline in interest. Um, we should be uh, very proud of the fact that enrollments within the colleges of ag across the U.S. are at all-time highs, and that's that's very important to realize that there certainly is an interest. And then also, um, in 2015, 35% of the applicants that come through our site had a non-ag degree and 38% were more recently employed outside of the ag industry and last year we topped an all-time high of applications processed through our site. So we have seen uh, that evidence in itself that supports that people have heard the good news about agriculture and the demand for food and fiber and fuel across the world is growing and will continue to grow and um, we see people trying to get into our industry and Mm -hmm. um, so if we process um, 80,000 applications in 2015 and 35% of those are non-ag degree that's pretty significant. Again, that was Eric Spell with agcareers.com. Well, the mission of the U.S. Meat Export Federation is to increase the value and profitability of the U.S. beef, pork, and lamb industries by enhancing demand for their products and the export markets through a dynamic partnership of all stakeholders. Well, one issue we hear about from time to time is animal traceability. So I asked USMEF Senior Vice President for Global Marketing, Dan Holstrom, if it was something other countries looked at. Yes, they definitely do. It's it's important from both an offensive and a defensive standpoint. From an offensive standpoint, we're still not in some key markets uh, directly like China. And uh, one of the main reasons is lack of a traceability program that, that can be recognized by the Chinese. Our U.S. government and industry are all over that top of priority at the moment and uh, hopefully we'll have something soon that will be some sort of a voluntary program that will be recognized by these markets. On the defensive side, you can rest assured that in some of these markets where we don't have any issues today, Japan, Korea, Mexico, that our competition is probably talking about the fact that we don't have a, a program that we can market. And uh, the sooner that we can get a program, a voluntary program that we can market, the better for everybody. In other news, Tyron Spearman has an update for us concerning where the peanut posted price currently stands and any contract offers that are out there. With peanut planting time just around the corner, most farmers are looking for a place to store their peanuts this year, and prices remain very low because of the surplus moving into the new marketing year. According to the National Posted Price this week, peanuts should be around $424.50 per ton. The real price being offered by the contracts are $375 per ton, and even some this week at $365 per ton. The shale market price is still holding at $0.44 cents on medium runner type peanuts, jumbos at $0.45 cents a pound. These are really not dropping to the bottom because of surplus peanuts because the shellers are only shelling those peanuts needed by the trade. So they redeem peanuts from the government by paying back a farmer's loan and taking those peanuts to the shelling plant. So they're not shelling too many, and that is keeping the price pretty steady at the 44-45 level. Checking on the loan, 2,075,000 tons were placed in the loan this year. That means they were advanced $355 per ton. So far, there's been 743,000 tons redeemed 
are paid back on the loan, 1.3 million tons remaining. But overall, they estimated the crop this past year at 3,106,000 tons, and we only needed 2.75 million tons for the domestic and export demand. On the uh, posted price received by farmers, 394. If that holds as the average this past year, the uh, payment from the program would be about $125 per ton. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast AgNet. Kathy Isom has a story about scientists learning how climate change may actually be producing a better wine. Scientists are learning that climate change may actually be producing better wine. According to a study published in the journal Nature Climate Change, vineyards across France are harvesting two weeks earlier than the historical average. Grapes, like some other fruits, actually respond well to stress. When times are tough for the grapevine, the plants tend to produce fewer and smaller grapes, but with much more sugar. Grapes maturing earlier and thus forcing an early harvest is a good sign for wine quality. If the process is shortened, there's less time for a harvest to be ruined from such things as weird bouts of weather and freezing, burning mold, diseases, or pests. It means not only better wine, but a more guaranteed, decent harvest, even though it'll likely be smaller. The study is the first to survey all of France to figure out whether harvests are on average, unusually early in recent years, and it's also full of evidence that links those early harvests to climate change. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Grinder talks about the latest trend on farmland value. Well, latest figures or the latest I've seen indicate that farmland values are leveling off. Well, maybe it's time. Farmland prices will always keep going up because they aren't making any more. But the latest trend seems to have topped out costliest land in America is still in our central and northern plain states. Cheapest is in states along the southern region. Figures quoted in the current calendar year run as high as $1,600 an acre in some of the central and northern plain states. Some land along the southern tier states, particularly from Mississippi eastward, can be bought for as little as $600 an acre. But not a whole lot of land is for sale in either region. And most of the land that does go on the market is purchased by other farmers, wherever it is. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. Those stories and more can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.